How's it going? God, your hat is so ugly. Why do you do that every time? I feel like people are going to get tired of a visual gag for an audio cold open. Like I don't even care. Not, I don't care that it's right. bad audio. It's just a shitty hat. All right. Well, we'll have to tweet out a picture of just the hat at some point without Here, me. I'll in grab it. a screen grab no, that's right okay. now. That's no, just stop. it's just it's not okay. pretty. No. no, I'm tweeting it right now. All right. I'm tweeting your stupid hat right now. Okay. That's fine. People I mean, are I think people are going to come around to it. I'm I might be a fashion pioneer in this case. No, you're not. You just just it's just not I'm bringing know. sexy back. <laughs> Welcome to The Lake Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan, who figured out how to record stuff on his computer. Congratulations, bud. Well, I knew how to record it. It's just there was an error the first time, and so that's why we're recording this entire hour-long podcast again. Yeah, that that first hour was magical, though. Yeah, you know it went what, by really fast. <laughs> you know what, what that reminds me of, though, is Vegas. That that since deleted episode oh, would have been that was fire. so bad. Yeah, would have been no. Fire. OK, so th- there's going to be like three people who know what we're talking about. But Anthony and I did a giant Kawhi reaction uh, yeah. breakdown. And like after he chose the Clippers in Las Vegas live and it was yeah. like what, like one, two a.m. when we actually recorded this thing and it did not record my half of the audio. It was uh, it was disappointing, but probably better for Lockdown Lakers. People yeah, were pissed. Probably at... because your first take, like y- you got all the anger out then, yeah. and then you were a little bit more reasonable on the second one. You're just like, I'm tired. This is sports. It's not that big a deal. You know. You know what I'm not going to be reasonable about? Uh, Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, I'm not at all reasonable about this. This is bullshit. So we're going to talk about that uh, for a second. We're going to talk about Frank Vogel's thoughts on Rajon Rondo and chemistry and stuff. We found some of that interesting. And then we have a Byron's Book Club and a roast to read uh, that somebody sent in that, that Harrison told me not to read. So we have plenty of stuff to get to. Let's start, though, with DeMarcus Cousins. The actual news here, the reason we're talking about this again, is per Shams Karania, uh, the Lakers are, what are they trying to do? Integrating him into their culture over yes. the course of the season. Lots of, lots of techie Silicon Valley buzzwords right there. So we just found out that that Rob Polinka is Shams Karania's main source. <laughs> That's good to know. Disclaimer: We did not find that out, so we, I just have to add that in there for legal purposes. I'm going to rant here for a second because okay, this, like, go for it. This made me legitimately angry. I I know it did. You were very upset when you logged on. Sometimes, like we get reports that I know are going to upset Anthony, and yeah. I try to be the first one to throw them into Slack and just tag him, <laughs> just because I want to watch his live like pre Twitter reaction to stuff. <laughs> So so I got tagged on Slack this morning when I woke up hungover from yesterday. Uh, and so I was already not in the greatest of moods. And we got all this tech bullshit, like, as explanation that this was somehow a good thing. And there was, like, a positive spin to it. And first, upon first edition of Shama, uh, Sham's uh, report, was uh, did not at all mention Cousins' legal situation right now, which I found gross borderline unethical right and and to not mention that now it has since been added uh, i think enough people made a big of a big enough of a stink either in their comment sections or replying to tweets or on on the various social platforms that the athletic has has uh invested in uh 
they they blew it. It was it was a it was a major mistake not to mention that. It was a like a legitimate journalism gaffe not to mention that in their initial report. They have since added it, um, which they've added it and not provided any further context to it like no no response from the lakers we haven't heard from the lakers to be fair they did put in that the lakers and nba have are are investigating and they haven't released any finding of that yet so like we are kind of like like we've reached a point where the legal process and all this stuff is playing out so there isn't a whole lot new that you can add i understand that like it was just a blurb and so obviously they can't editorialize they're just reporting and they're just saying here are these facts so they can't be like this is bad or this is good i don't expect that from them in I don't expect that from Shams in like that kind of report because he's a newsbreaker. That's not what he does. He just lays out. Yeah, he doesn't editorialize at all. Otherwise, yeah, he would not, lose all the sources. Yeah, exactly. So like um, I didn't expect that from them. But yeah, to not have that in there at first was not great. Uh, the, you know, obviously, I, I'm not going to say that I've never made mistakes. So I'm not going to sit here and like call no, out another outlet. I've mistake. made plenty of journalism mistakes myself. That's my um, yeah. And so and outside of journalism. Yeah. So like I, I'm not going to sit here and like hammer them that hard for that. Uh, the the people that I think, like you know, the, like they made a mistake. The people that I think not necessarily need to be hammered. But I, I do think that this is really, really questionable what the Lakers are doing here and what they're saying. And like there's this, you know, he was talking about integrating him into their culture and whatever. Like what the what fuck is their culture? culture? What, what is their what, culture? I, what I, culture do they have? It's clutch. It, it raises questions, I think, about what that culture is when you're bringing in someone like this that has these types of allegations against them. And not that it would be more OK for him to have this against him if he was playing, but he's not even playing. This yeah. should be so easy. Yeah. And they aren't. And I like I wrote when I was writing about this today, like there there are possible pragmatic reasons for this. You know, like maybe you want to keep him around for a salary in a trade like you don't want to cut him because maybe you want to use his contract in a trade. OK, fine. But, you know, like that does not require bringing him back to the team. Like he's not not under contract because you don't have him around the team while he's being investigated for stuff. You know what I mean? They could not want to treat him in, you know, quote unquote poorly because he is like as is well documented. He's well friends with Anthony. He's good friends with Anthony Davis. You know, their relationship is well documented. Um, Still, you know, that is a somewhat, I think, questionable and uh, potentially like. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a cowardly choice, I would say. And, you know, like, yeah, I I just don't like I'm not saying that no one deserves a second chance or anything for stuff like this. But that requires time. It requires apologies. It requires time for the legal process to play out all of that stuff. And none of that has happened. There's been like no contrition as you wouldn't expect there to be like everything's still playing. out. You don't know what it is. Um, Yeah. And there has been no time removed from this. And so, like, I don't know. I just like I, I I'm with you on this and that I question the decision making here. And it's like this should be so easy for Lakers fans to get excited about this team. And I know yeah. most of them still are. And that, that, that that's no, not we're in the minority in caring Marcus about this. Cousins is like at practices or something like that. Like most people are going that's going to go away. Once the season starts, any outrage that was uh, done about it, that's going to be gone once they start playing well for the most part. So, like, I understand why they think that they can afford to do this and whatever. But it's just like 
between this and then you make Jason Kidd with his like, you know, at best checkered legal history, like although obviously there's been a lot more time since that and a lot more time for change. So it's not the same thing. Um, He's never shown I, I any don't contrition. know what kind of message they're trying to send here. And they probably aren't trying to send one. They're just trying to be successful in the ways that they think are the best ways to be successful. And for them, that probably includes keeping him around, keeping Anthony Davis happy. And again, I'm not saying Anthony Davis is pressuring them to keep DeMarcus Cousins around or anything, but it's like you. You can Might look be. at the situation from the outside and it's not hard to put one and two together and be like, that is probably not someone they want to upset when he's yeah. entering unrestricted free agency. This is a close friend, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just like, I, I was thinking about this this morning and it should be so easy for them to make the call. And it's like, they're just, it, they shouldn't be trying to, they shouldn't be making it hard for people to root for this team. Yeah. And stuff like this does. It will for some people. It won't for a lot of them, but it will for some people. Last year, they employed Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson allegedly pushed his, I think, I think, mother of his kid or pregnant girlfriend. One of the one of the two things there. Yeah, uh, I don't want. I know it was girlfriend. I don't remember. I think I don't there was recall. a kid somehow involved. I I don't ex- recall that, so I don't recently. But yeah, but was- he pushed his girlfriend down a flight of stairs, met her at the bottom stair, and allegedly pushed her head into the bottom stair again. Right. Yeah, again, this was a long time before he signed with the Lakers. It's yes. still not even the same thing as this, where no. this is like this is behavior that is alleged, you know, alleged. I use that to word have again. Taken place. To, have, to have taken place while he yeah. was signed with the Lakers, which it makes it different. I'm not saying that what Lance did is okay. It's just different because it was a long time before we can allow for second chances, you know, and this is like no one should be barred from their profession for life for doing something you wrong. Can be if they show contrition. If they if they show contrition and if they do those things, the I don't Lakers know can make a that. stance and say we don't want mediocre to bad or not even useful. Like Demarcus Cousins, yeah. even gonna, isn't even going to be useful. They they can make a stance here and say we don't need somebody around our organization who has this not in his past, but did this while employed by the allegedly. Lakers, and 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 uh, allegedly did this while employed by the Lakers. Though that tape is really freaking damning, right? Yeah. It uh, is. And and it was so damning, by the way, that Alabama sent out a warrant for his arrest. We're still waiting for an update on this. We are. Yes. And and until the, the legal system comes to full fruition, which for some reason is not usually reported on for some reason, you get the allegations on the front end and we don't for some reason get. Well, then there's not a lot that happens. Like people show up for court eventually, but then that like sometimes that's kind of sealed. So you don't know what's going on in there. Like right. it's just um, like, but, like it's a complicated process that is not the most interesting to people. And so it doesn't always get followed up upon so, and we, gone blow by blow. We are in we are in the NFL season right now. Right. It is. Yeah. It is kicked off. We are now entering week three, I think, just ended. Yeah. Week three just ended. We are entering week four in the NFL. You have somebody like Tyreek Hill who uh, gave his sons his son boxing lesson lessons, allegedly that involve punching his son in the chest. Right. To make him tougher. Uh, he is still employed because he is a great football player. He is a phenomenal football player. No. Antonio Brown got a second chance after acting like an outright asshole. In, in Oakland, right? Didn't want to be in Oakland, made a whole stink of, of his helmet thing to make a, a, a headache for everybody who, who employed him there. Called, or uh, no, this isn't even allegedly, right? It was reportedly called Mike Mayock a cracker and like white devil and all, all that stuff. Did he say uh, what? Well, I don't recall that second one, but yeah. Anyway, no, no, no. He, that, was, that was part of the thing. They got into oh, that an was al- it? Okay. altercation. That was part of the thing. 
and and tried and tried to fight his boss. Right, acted like an outright asshole. Got his forced his way out of Oakland, got to New England, and we found out about these uh, accusations of rape, sexual misconduct, sexual uh, abuse, and 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 then also went back after more allegations came uh, forth, went back and threatened a uh an, one of the accusers the latest accuser via text involving allegedly. allegedly involving in one of these texts a picture of the of the accuser's kid right that's really fucking gross but he might get another uh another chance and per his agent drew rosenhaus they are saying that there are teams interested in him um still because he's super duper talented, he's one of the best wide receivers who who have ever played. Adrian Peterson, who plays for my Viking or played for my Vikings, beat his child to actual like when when the, the blood was coming forth from his kid's body. Right, remained employed and continued to play for for his team after a year off. He came back and continued to play for the Vikings because he's one of the greatest running backs that have ever played the game. Demarcus Cousins isn't that. He's not, and that it wouldn't make it okay if it he doesn't. Was. It doesn't, but that's yeah. at least an explanation, right? It's an explanation. That's why those. It's a so better explanation. Yeah, it, it's not. Or I guess those, it's not better, but it's it at least makes sense from like a. Yeah, they 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 the, basically the explanation is hey like so so the the Chiefs previously learned this with Kareem Hunt I believe, who they released and then was promptly picked up by the Cleveland Brown Browns, right? After similar allegations of, of just gross behavior away from the field. And the explanation here is that if we don't employ this player, somebody else will, right? If we don't employ this coach, somebody else will. And, and you know, with the Lakers, with Lance Stevenson, and with Jason Kidd, and now with DeMarcus Cousins, who the fuck is going to employ those people? DeMarcus Cousins isn't going to play basketball this year. Lance Stevenson isn't employed right now by the by an NBA team. He wasn't going to be employed last year by an NBA team. He had that in his past. This is just look. I say this and I get I get heated about this stuff because I care so deeply about the Lakers. I want to care deeply about the Lakers in a way that I cannot with this stuff. With this being the trend, because now it is a trend. Lance Stevenson was a blip on the radar. Jason Kidd was like, okay, what's going on here? Now, DeMarcus Cousins, you have three straight times now where they could have made the this right is, decision. And to me, this is the most, like, this is the biggest red flag yes. one. Because both of this Jason was going Kidd and Lance on Stevenson, while they employed him. you can talk about, like, Allegedly. okay, it's a long time in the past. And you can you can allow room for personal growth from people. I don't know that they made that personal growth. But you can, maybe they talked to the Lakers and they convinced them that they had made changes. How much they convincing were does it seem to take, though? No, no, hold on. Let me finish. Okay. <laughs> that you can, there's a possibility that they were contrite over these things. They try, you know, they tried for a second chance, whatever. Like I, I'm, I, I'm whatever on that. Like this is something that happened while he was employed. He's not going to play this season. There's really no reason uh, to be bringing him around other than that. Like the other players want him to be. And at that point, it's like, I, I'm all for player empowerment, but that's like, that's the point where I feel like you kind of have to take yeah. a stand and say, this is not okay. And there's really no, re there's no good reason to have him around. Like when you're looking the other way on potential or alleged criminal activity because of this. And player this is empowerment. you're bringing around your employees now. Yeah. No, you're, you're, so they they use the excuse or they use the explanation of we want to get them you know integrated into their culture. 
I ask the question, Harrison, what is their culture? Because right now, their culture is somebody that celebrates Kobe Bryant despite his checkered past. Their culture is employing Lance Stevenson last year. Their culture is employing Jason Kidd right now and making him, by the way, the highest paid assistant coach in the NBA when he wasn't a good head coach, right? He was a failure as a head coach. So bad that he's like the, the he, he, Giannis and the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks became championship contenders after he left. Right. And the, he is also someone that they wanted so bad that they reportedly were trying to foist him on other yeah. head coaches. Right. He's the reason – one of the reasons Teron Lue isn't there right now as their yep. head coach. And so like their culture right now is one based on their actions, based on these few decisions. Their culture right now is one that they don't care about being you – know, holding yourself to a higher standard as a result of being a Laker. You can do whatever you want, but if you're good at basketball or you're friends with somebody who is really good at basketball, we are going to employ you. And that's really freaking gross. And I, I say this again, and I hate the, the whole like I have a daughter or I have a mother or I know a girl in my, in my life, right, in some way, shape, or form, and therefore I care more about this than, than whatever. But yes, how as I... if like – well, if I didn't have a daughter, you know, who cares? <laughs> right. But... But how am I going to – when Avery – again, I asked this on Locked on Lakers when, when they first employed Jason Kidd, and I ask this again right now. When Avery asks me, why do you care so much about the Lakers? Why do you love the Lakers? Why should I love the Lakers? Right? Because of this stuff, I don't know what to say. I legitimately have no idea what to say here because they don't care about – women like and the crazy thing the the this isn't the craziest thing about it but one of the crazy things here is that i feel like we've had this conversation like at multiple least times twice this summer yeah. and it's like it's not just us this is there have been plenty of other people talking about this and they just they saw all that pre-reaction and we're just like yeah who cares right he's friends with anthony davis it, it's not That's like it's not like they weren't like warned or like that this was is going to catch them off guard that this was like not going to go over that well, you know, and like and look, yeah. I, I, so uh, one of the responses has been, how can Jeannie Buss, a female owner, not take this into account? I don't want to well, hold Jeannie. Like, I don't want to hold I don't want to hold Jeannie to a higher standard than other owners because Every she owner is a woman. Be held to that standard, they should be held to, yeah, yeah, they should be held to a higher standard, you know, they should be held to a high standard as a result of their position within the league, right? Within their their various organizations. They should be. But in this case here, it's tough, you know. If I want and and what pisses me off is that they to this point right now haven't answered for this DeMarcus Cousins stuff. They've given they gave their statement, their 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 predetermined statement that they said they're going to look into the stuff. And the only statement that they have now leaked, right, leaked to Shams is that we are standing by this guy. We want him around. And our we, we don't even know that they leaked that, to be fair. Like Maybe. that could have been his agent or someone around. Like, you know, it's not like that only could have came from but the it's Lakers. Not like, it's came. not like they rushed to go out there and say that this isn't something that they want to have happen. This no. report we are report we are recording this at two forty five p.m. This report was as of like eight o'clock earlier this morning. Right? Yeah, no, it's clearly something that they're not going to push back on, and like they they aren't going to you know obviously they're not going to respond to every rumor that's put out there about the team or whatever anyway. Like no, no team but does. This that. is one but, that you should. If you actually feel that this is something yeah, that you don't, don't want to tie they, yourself I, to, this is this is the I, kind I, of yeah, thing you say no. They, I think they don't care. I think that well, they've sure. decided this is the course of action that they're doing. They're not going to call it false when this is what they're doing. But you they know, should, like, but they should they should catch a heap of shit for not caring. 
period. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I wonder how much they will. <laughs> we have our show, I guess. So if you guys yeah. if, <laughs> if you guys want to hold the Lakers to a higher standard, you have us to listen to and me to listen to rant about this stuff. Yes, Anthony look, is going to be the moral arbiter of yeah. uh, of the entire NBA. You know, the, the air is thinner up here on my high horse. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's say uh, let's let's change the awkward. You know, we'll, we'll let's segue take a quick awkwardly. Palate cleansing ad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna collect ourselves here. When we come back, we'll talk about Frank Vogel. Um, pissing me off to similar extents. So Frank Vogel wants to keep his job, it turns out. Um, and the, the way that he's, <laughs> the way that he is going to keep his job what is, a start. <laughs> is going to be, uh, to appease to his employers and by his employers, I don't mean the Lakers. I mean, uh, the superstars who run the Lakers right now, his um, bosses, his, his, his actual bosses. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was asked in an interview, I believe, with Mike Trudell. Uh, yeah, it was Mike Trudell of Lakers.com. Had a mm-hmm. wide rant, had a really, really good, actually, Q&A with Frank Vogel that's worth their time uh, on Lakers.com. Just, like, interesting. Like, he when he was in high school, he, like, helped save his family from a fire. Um, but, yeah, he just, like, some interesting stuff that I never knew about before. So uh, That's been, like, kind of tough thing here to deal with with Frank Vogel. Is that, like, I feel bad for him because he seems like such a good dude. He he has been very genial. I believe he even said in one spot that he wants to win the uh, like that. They give an award to coaches every year for like cooperation with the media. I forget the name of it, um, but it's basically the guy that just like goes out of his way to make himself available. The Greg Popovich like, award. Comedy. Yeah, the anti Greg Popovich award. <laughs> um, and uh, he, I think he even said somewhere that he wanted to win that. So it did not surprise me. I mean, he he's got to like politically. He, he has to, you know, like make friends and leave a good impression and whatever, because he needs every ally that he can get, because this is not going to be like an easy job to keep, one doesn't think. Well, to your point, he was asked about uh, LeBron and Rondo last year and their two-man lineup numbers uh, that were not pretty. Well, basically anybody who played with Rondo, their two-man numbers were not pretty last year. And here's the response that he gave. Analytics, uh, I'm, I'm putting that in quotes here. It's a tool uh, in the toolbox, but not the toolbox. The Rondo and LeBron stuff was a little surprising me, surprising to me because they're obviously two of the game's greats, but in some ways also not surprising when you look at the environment around them in terms of the team's lack of shooting last year around those two guys. The, piss, the pieces, <laughs> the pieces, speaking of Rondo, Freudian stuff, <laughs> uh, the pieces have got to fit. And we had a long conversation about that, and I actually expect it to be a complete uh, reversal this year. I think those two guys will be great together. Together, Obviously, LeBron likes playing with guys like Caruso, guys that can do everything and play on or off the ball, uh, guard at a high level. So I think that'll be the same as well. But you look at the numbers and you ask why. Sometimes the answer is evident. Sometimes it's not. Then you look, can it be tinkered with to make it work if it wasn't working? Those are the, some of the things that we are thinking about now. Uh, it can Rondo cannot be tinkered with to work in the NBA. Is that a hot take? Shouldn't I be. think this team this team is a different animal. I think that his some of his skills could, in theory, again, this is this is August or September now. <laughs> um, and going on October. when I'm more optimistic about that, like theoretical basketball concepts than anyone alive. Um, I, I think that Rondo, I, I get what he's saying. 
he's saying that like there are reasons that it didn't work last year and he thinks that some of those reasons are gone. I think that one of the reasons that he doesn't mention is that Rondo is not very good anymore. But what you know, obviously a head coach of that player is not going to say that in an interview at the team's website. <laughs> um and so like and he wouldn't say that publicly regardless of yeah. what out it was with. But uh, my point is is that I think Rondo, like, there is a way to make him useful on this team. I'm just not sure if that's the way, the the thing that best serves the team. I think that if you put enough shooting and defending and whatever around him, like, I don't know that this roster has the theoretical lineup of players, but it definitely has a better shot to than last year's. And this roster doesn't have a lot of ball handling on it other than LeBron. And so you would think that at the very least as a playmaker and ball handler, he might have spot utility. That's about that's about as optimistic as I can get about Rondo. You naive, blissful. I, I know. I, like, see, the thing is, is you're get, you're getting mad about this just because he didn't trash Rondo. Like, he's he wasn't gonna no. trash Rondo. You know, like, no, I, I. It's not that I'm angry about him not trashing Rondo. I get it. He's not going to. Right. Yeah, he's Anthony not, Davis also said that he's excited to play with Rondo again. Yeah. Uh, this year and reunite They're with. They're all him. blinded so, I, by like their respect for this dude who is not the dude that they think he is. Yeah, and I think that like that's always how it goes with greats as they decline. And is Rondo I think great? That... Yeah, I think so. I, I think he was really good at one point, especially for the Celtics, like his last couple of years there. Do you have him? Do you have him like in your top ten of best point guards ever? No, 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 no. no. Fifteen. Twenty. Thirty, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I like I'd have to look at the list. Is he inside or outside of your top 100 players? Top 100 players overall. Yeah. I feel like he wouldn't be in there. No. Right. So it's like in not, history? not actually great. Right. Okay. But there's like 400 players in the. Okay. So he, he's probably going to make the hall of fame. Um, you know, he like, he was famous enough. He was on like a, a really notable 2008 Celtics team made two finals, um, got a bunch of all-stars. Like I think theoretically, if you were to probably look at his hall of fame likelihood score, he will probably make the hall of fame. And he is a very respected mm. veteran that has won over like, you know, players across the league other than his Mavericks teammates who voted to not give him a playoff share. Um, but outside of the, that specific locker room, he seemed to ingratiate himself well, almost everywhere and kind of be affable with everyone. And so he I continues like, to get chances because of it. Yeah, and I think his like his leadership and those kind of things. And I know, yeah, you literally, Anthony literally just put his head down on the mic. It did have value on last year's team. Like sure. it wasn't so value. much value that they did they missed the playoffs as a result of him being value. so bad. It wasn't value commensurate with him playing as much as he did or having as big of a role on that team as he did. But like there is value in having a guy like Rondo in the locker room, like and not as a coach. It's just I don't know if it's enough value to make up for, you know, him not being that great on him, not trying on defense, even um, all this stuff. This is not me arguing that Rondo's like a great player by any means. I, I just think that you might be overreacting a little bit to what Vogel is saying and like the possibility of him even playing. Like, he's going to play. You have to accept this. Just like you had to accept that he was going to resign. You know, like, as soon as they got Anthony Davis, that was done. Like, he was resigning, and he's probably going to start to start the year. And just, like, get mad now and get it out of your system. Here I am. I'm not going to get it out of my system. He shouldn't play. Like, he, he should. He, Rajon Rondo in 2019 is not an NBA player. Flat out. He is not an NBA player. And 
he remains on these teams because he has popular friends, right? And he has powerful friends. So look, this stuff about you know analytics is the it's it's in it's a tool in the toolbox. It's not the tool. No, the numbers are the toolbox here. No, no, no. no. I, I think that that's actually like uh, I think he's correct in that. Like no, you can't just not. look at analytics and know who's good and who's bad. That's all he's with trying Rondo, to say. With Rondo, no, with Rondo. Okay, it but is he's true. not talking about Rondo specifically. He's talking about larger part. He used the Rondo Caruso stuff as an example, but I think he's overall is right. The analytics are not the toolbox. They are a tool, but you have sure. to use eye test stuff, whatever. The eye test stuff doesn't even bode well for Rondo. No. So, like, you don't have to use that as an example. Like, he's not good by eye test either. <laughs> yeah, I just look, uh, so far in this show. The two examples of player empowerment on the Lakers are keeping around DeMarcus Cousins, who threatened to have allegedly threatened to put a bullet through the mother of her of his son and Rajon Rondo, who is not an NBA player. Just by those two examples, I'm I'm anti-player empowerment. Oh, wow. Okay, well. (laughs) With those is the only two examples. Now, I'm kidding. Congrats on their new job at Fox News. I'm... (laughs) I'm kidding, obviously. The player empowerment is a good thing. Holding owners accountable uh, in the way that Anthony Davis did with uh, Gail Benson in getting out of New Orleans is a good thing. LeBron James empowering players and telling them, hey, either have your owner or the, the front office make for you a situation that is commensurate with the value you present to the organization or go somewhere where you think that is more likely to happen uh, is a good thing. It is flat out a good thing. With this stuff, though, it's gone too far because Rondo being on the roster and being given any kind of a role in the rotation is bad for the Lakers. It is like Anthony Davis can't go out there and talk about, I'm just looking for a situation that gives me the best opportunity to win, but also I want Rajon Rondo to play a bunch. Those two things. The Lakers, the Lakers have kind of a soft schedule to start, right? If I'm yeah, no. Correctly. What we're gonna have is he's gonna start at the beginning of the year. I am so excited. He's you gonna... have no idea how excited I am for Rondo <laughs> to average like, like let's say like 11 assists over the first five games, and people talk about like the four star, the three stars on yeah. the Lakers, and you to just lose your mind and just get inundated. No, I'm already preparing myself. That's angry. why I'm already angry because I know how this is gonna play out. I know how this is going to go. He's going to start at the beginning of the year. Should we predict predict Rondo's season right now? Frank Frank Vogel is going to say, like, look, man, we're winning right now. I'm not going to tinker with the starting lineup while we're winning, right? Uh, And Rondo is going to eventually, though, tank so bad, be so bad that, yeah, uh, you know, when the the schedule actually – when they start playing actual NBA teams – they're going to have to look hard at Rajon Rondo and say, okay, yeah, we should we should probably – this guy has the worst net rating in the entire league. We should maybe rethink putting him in all these situations because he's buddy, buddies with Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, and then they're going to be like, well, okay, let's start Caruso against like the toughest part of the schedule, and then he doesn't look great, so they go back to Rondo in time <laughs> for the playoffs. To, fuck, I haven't even thought of that. Not even I'm pessimistic to think about that. You have a dark sense of humor, man. Okay, I'm just looking for, like, when the, when do they play the Thunder first? Because that's the game Rondo's going to get suspended. And then they're going to be like, because he's going to start a fight with CP3. Can they play the um, Thunder in the preseason? No, they don't. The, it looks like their can first we, like, game, unless can we I skim past them? the first one. So, okay, so here's how this is going to go. They start the season, like, late October, right? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so like first month of the season, Rondo's going to be going okay. Like he's going to be playing pretty well. Like his defense still going to be horrible, but the schedule is pretty light, so they're still winning. They're he's racking win. up yeah. this, passing to LeBron and Anthony Davis, and then like dunking on people, and they're like, "All right, good, that's this." <laughs> Rondo touched the ball for a second on that yeah. possession, so he gets a counting stat for it. Um, and then Tuesday, November nineteenth, uh, when they take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at home, Rondo versus CP3 round two was going to go down. Um, I think. I think Rondo's actually going to take, like, a swig of water and, like, spit it in his face this time. Just leave, like, no doubt. No, it's going to be, like, ammonia. Like, Rondo's, <laughs> Rondo's so sick that... He's going to, like, drink out of a straw out of a gas tank before the game and just spit on CP3 and light him on fire. <laughs> I'm for it. And then, then go to then jail. Then I'd be pro Rondo. Then I'd be, yeah. like, rooting for Rondo. Oh, my God. Okay. We don't endorse violence on this podcast. <laughs> oh, they actually played OKC back-to-back. It's, no- oh. it's Tuesday, November 19th, and then away... At uh, in Oklahoma City on November twenty second, they are definitely throwing hands. What There's need... like no. I, can I put money? Can I go somewhere and put money <laughs> on the fact that what they we... will fight at least once during those two games? What we need to have happen is some Laker fan. If you guys are listening to this right now, I what I need you guys to do is stand behind Chris Paul and throw something at Rajon Rondo from oh over my God. No, Chris no, no, Paul's no, 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 no one do this. Don't, <laughs> Anthony. We are not getting in trouble for this. So, yeah, so then he's going to get suspended. So we'll say, like, we'll say 10 games for spitting an entire water bottle on CP3. Um, And then he's going to come back, you know, like, around, I forgot to count. So, like, he'll come back, like, they'll be like, well, he can't lose starting spot to injury. So he'll come back around December, um, and he'll, like, come back in the starting lineup. Schedule is getting tougher. They'll finally bench him. Alex Caruso will struggle against the new tougher schedule. And by the time the playoffs finally get started to roll around, they're going to be like, well, we got to go back to the veteran savvy of Rajon Rondo and get him in the starting lineup for the first round. Uh, and then playoff Rondo comes out. And, uh, and I will and cease to exist. Ever after. I will, I will literally die from outrage. <laughs> Avery will grow up a fatherless child because of the outrage that that Anthony would. Just spontaneously combust. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. All right, let's uh, let's finish here with uh, Vogel's thoughts on chemistry, which I think were interesting. And look, everybody. Before you say this, I just want to say like there is a there is a better than zero percent chance that Rondo will booby trap the hallway tunnels at Staples just in case CP3 tries that again. <laughs> There's going to be like Kevin McAllister like Home Alone traps in there. Would he? Would he? He seems like a marble guy. Right. Yeah. There's probably there's gonna be like marble. There's gonna be like connect four pieces in the dark for you to step on and just hurt your foot. Yeah. And for all CP3, like three, that's like a two point injury. Like all pointed up. Yeah. Yeah. CP three like stepped on a checker is out for two weeks. <laughs> stepped on a checker. All right. So uh, Tradell and Vogel continued their interview and they had this exchange. Uh, so Tradell. I asked Anthony Davis at, at his pressure about playing the five, and he refers to and he he said he prefers the four, but then looked directly at you and said, "But if it comes down to it, coach, I'll play the five. Meanwhile, he said in a recent interview that he's been working on his three all summer, so perhaps you get some of that big man shooting there. Vogel, yep. Uh, <laughs> Vogel, I can't say anything right now. Contract, I'm contractually obligated to agree with Anthony Davis. He did not actually <laughs> didn't actually say that. Uh, Tradell continues. But what I continued to ask uh, about Davis's ties with LeBron and uh, in what, but what I wanted to ask about Davis ties in with LeBron as well. Cohesion is obviously really important in the NBA, and you don't have a ton of that on the roster. Vogel, correct. But does having two stars and the rest of the players who should know that they're supposed to support them 
can that fast track to cohesion in some way? Vogel, I hope so, but I'd probably be irresponsible to think it's all going to happen overnight and that we're going to start the season with great cohesiveness. There are going to be bumps in the road. There are nights where it might be ugly, uh, and guys are getting to know each other on both ends of the floor, guys figuring out what their role is going to be on this team. But with a team that's going through change, if you're going to pick guys to do it, you want to pick smart, respected vets, uh, which we have uh, an abundance of on this team. There's still some optimism that we can get off to a strong start. Here's my thing. The Lakers have to get off to a strong start. Like they have that schedule. It's not like after you open up with a nice, easy schedule, the the, the schedule continues to be nice and easy. Yeah, no, it's easy the whole way. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to have you're going to play some really good teams. So you have yeah, to the, the Clippers and Jazz are the first two games. But then after that, it's the Hornets, Grizzlies, Mavericks, Spurs, who are kind of questionable, Bulls, Heat. Raptors without Kawhi now, Suns, and then you get the Warriors who will still like early on, like still, you know, still, they won't have Clay. Yeah, they won't have Clay. The Kings, or the King. Hawks, uh, Thunder, Thunder, Grizzlies, Spurs, Pelicans. Oh my God, Wizards, Mavs, <laughs> and then finally you get the Nuggets and things start to get harder again. But th- that doesn't come until December third. Yeah. Like the first like month and a half of their schedule is mostly kind of cream puff opponents. And, and they yeah. really have to take advantage of yes. Rondo's 11 assist average. Oh, my God. <laughs> <gasps> it's bad enough you're wearing that hat, dude. Um, but, no, the, the Lakers have to take advantage of that early schedule. They, it's not that – look, those some of the teams that they're going to be playing there are so bad that cohesion isn't as important, right? Um, and, and a lot of the teams that are going to be playing there don't have cohesion themselves. That's kind of the effect of – this new NBA, right? This in, this era of player empowerment, where there is very little consistency across the league right now. The Nuggets have it, and I think that's why they're going to jump out to a crazy start early on. The Utah Jazz have some of it, but they're going to be working Mike Conley into their equation, right? Uh, the Clippers are basically a brand new team. They inserted a one A and one B superstar onto their team, so they're going to be figuring out some stuff early on. So, so fortunately. Even while Vogel is talking about how little cohesion the Lakers are going to have, they're going to be going up against a lot of teams that do not have it. And and as a result, have to take advantage of it because when the schedule gets tougher and all these teams start figuring some stuff out, uh, that it's going to be a lot more difficult to figure things out on the fly. That's why, you know, frankly, we can joke all we want about, about Rajon Rondo starting early on in the year and stuff like that, but... The quicker the Lakers figure out their rotation and their ideal and optimal rotation, the better that they're going to be moving forward over the course of the season. And they can't waste time on whether or not Rajon Rondo isn't washed. They can't waste time on whether or not Kyle Kuzma can play the two or the five in the way that they did early on next, last year. Right? They have oh, to God, figure two. Yeah, they have to figure out. They have to figure out some of these things early on because. As they get out of the cream puff portion of the season that you talked about, that you that you uh, detailed, that stuff gets harder. And if you so don't have I, stuff figured out, they're going to be screwed. Let me play devil's advocate, though. Go for it. I, I think that what that easy start does potentially allow you to do, like if you're looking best case scenario, let's 
go against all recent history and say that the Lakers will actually have things go right for them for once. Um, you look at that schedule and it's an opportunity for the team to get rolling, to kind of start to hit its stride and maybe play well, even when they don't have the most chemistry and they're still learning to play together to still scrape together some wins just because their team, their opponents aren't as good as they will be facing in the playoffs and stuff like that. And maybe you get those kinks worked out early while you're still winning enough games to like kind of stay in a higher spot in the playoff race and then you know by the time their schedule gets harder they could theoretically be starting to hit their stride a little bit Hope like so. i remember that overhauled uh the shack kobe dwight nash whatever monstrosity thing like i, I don't want to compare this year to and pow and you know you know what i'm Wait, talking about what? <laughs> shack kobe oh shit not not shack uh kobe <laughs> It's like, Kobe Dwight, Kobe like Dwight talked about Kobe's entire career. Yeah, no, the Kobe <laughs> Dwight Nash and yeah. Pow team. That this is going to be fun here. That's what I should have just led with. Mm -hmm. um, the they they started to hit their stride around. I think it was a little later than December, but like they finally started to play well enough and like had a massive comeback to jump back into the playoffs before mm -hmm. you know Kobe Kobe ultimately tore his Achilles and then retired and didn't play any other NBA basketball after that we don't talk about it um <laughs> and uh but like that was about like that's about when these teams if they're going to kind of coalesce and become greater than the sum of their parts that's around when they start to do it maybe December 3rd is like a little early but they'll at least be starting to kind of get a good feel for each other and have had a good chunk of games where maybe they can win and kind of work out those kinks that we know that they're going to have. Like, and so maybe they can be playing well by the time they get to this start this tougher stretch and still do decent against that. Yeah. I, I hope so. I hope so. That's and rose colored glasses. And again, I've only covered the team since the day Dwight left. So I've never seen things go well <laughs> like that. Like things always go the exact opposite of that. It's like everyone gets hurt and or suspended. And then like they only hit their stride once they're only racing for lottery balls. And they somehow like play their way backwards in the lottery and then like fall upwards and then like get to keep their pick anyway. That's been my Lakers experience. So like I have no reason to believe that that will happen. But I'm just saying another reason to be optimistic if we're rolling with if we're continuing your 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 blinded. I feel like we need to give here. I feel like we need to give people no. some optimism. No, All I, you can scream at them the, this the, entire podcast. I know. I'm sorry, everybody. I I'm I'm not sorry, but the um, <laughs> but but the reason one of the reasons for optimism is the league is so wide open and there are so many bad teams that I think you're like you're saying it's easier to to hit your stride there. And seeding is going to be less important in a year where it's so wide open. And the Lakers are so experienced, right, throughout their roster that seeding is going to be less important. Uh, so that's going to be fortunate. But still, home court in as many rounds as possible is still yes. ideal. It is. And it is. It is. But like, but, I'm not saying that they couldn't go in as the sixth seed and still make some noise. You know what I mean? Like, if they if things don't go the way that I just outlined, but it'd be a lot easier if they were like the two seed or the three seed. Right. No, I, I, I agree. But, you know, given given how talented and how experienced this roster is, it's not as important. I would have said yeah. like it was a lot more important last year, yes. given how you're right. Young, you're right. Given how young the team was and inexperienced the team was that it would have been seating would have been more important for that team. I, it just wound up not mattering at all at the, <laughs> at the end of the day. No, I mean, their seeding matters. They just didn't seed their way into the playoffs. Um, but but for this team, you know, you can you can get by with having not having home court advantage given how experienced the team is. And and look, 
I would be intellectually dishonest if I didn't say that Rondo kind of adds to that experience and 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 helps prepare the team in case they don't have home court advantage or or whatever come playoff time. Uh, it's just he has to do that because he doesn't help you get home court advantage. I was not gonna go. <laughs> I was not gonna not throw shade there. All right, let's end. Uh, let's end the show with a chapter from Byron's book and a let's 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 get people. People want to yell at me anyway, so let's give them. Okay, uh, you want to give them the roast now? Yeah. So this is probably gonna be this is probably gonna mirror a lot of the reviews after this episode. <laughs> um, but so we asked for roasts, and you all provided. And yeah. I just want to say, so I, I listen to Locked On Lakers, but only when Pete is on. And uh, I was listening to your show last night where you talked about all the people that say that they listen to Locked On Lakers, but yeah. only when Pete is on. Mm-hmm. And you guys got pretty meta and you revealed how hurt and like, uh, you know, how you cry sometimes because you just don't know what you did last night. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, over today, not because I drank a bunch, but because I was dehydrated from crying so much. Yeah. So I just like I want to say that I wanted to lead with a roast of you and just continue on that theme. <laughs> so this one just says. Great podcast. And then this is from Laker Exceptionalism is real. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and their their review says, but can we trade Anthony for Pete? I like Anthony, but I'm a locked on Lakers listener, but I can only take his pessimism in doses. Who would fit better on Lakers, Amon Shumpert, Carmelo Anthony, or J.R. Smith? So Shumpert. I, I really only read that first part before reading it on air. But I just want to <laughs> know, like, yeah, Pete, if you are ready to request a trade, we're ready to like start talking. tampering, right? I don't know. Am I considered management? I think it would be tampering if John did. You're I think this my is editor. Player player. You're my boss. This is tampering. No, but I, the, not for the podcast. For the podcast, <laughs> we have a different boss. You're literally so... going to edit this podcast. Yeah, but that's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> tampering. I'm going to keep my job out of because like you aren't going to be allowed to sign Pete. Yeah, because you weren't allowed to sign Pete. This is like the veto where like but in this case you're like pow and you just have to stick around even though you know we tried to trade you. And Odom, yeah. Yeah. Um all right. So what's your what's I, I you can actually answer their question as well, I guess. Uh who would fit better on the Lakers, Amon Shumpert, Carmelo Anthony or J.R. Smith? Oh man. Shumpert by um, quite a bit, right? I actually was going to say Smith because I, I like his shooting and he's proven that he can play with LeBron other than forgetting the score in a finals game. Um, <laughs> it's something he forgot to score. He was trying to score in the wrong basket. Is Shumpert kind of washed? Dude, we're talking about J.R. Smith and yeah, Carmelo that's Anthony. <laughs> All right, what's your, uh, what's your Byron chapter about? Okay, so my Byron chapter is entitled, um, and Anthony, I just want to say, like, it, it's it's all love. And for all of you that complain about him, I just want you to know that you all get karmic, um, like, it's a little bit of karmic comeback. Because as much as you complain about how much Anthony yells and screams and complains, his daughter, I went over to their house last week, she yells and screams and complains at him so all day. More. This is your karmic, like, this yeah. is your karmic payback, <laughs> I realized. It was like, you get to realize... <laughs> What the listeners go through because Avery is constantly screaming at you. This is the best revelation you've ever had. Right? (laughs) I've been thinking about this all week since I went over to your house. Is that it's perfect that your baby just screams? I should have named her Reddit. Yeah, she's (laughs) (laughs) all I'm saying is she's going to be a great and successful Lakers podcaster when you succumb to nepotism and Uh elevate her and your empire, even though it goes against all. I've had listeners ask if I could bring her on Locked On Lakers already i think she's a little young right like <laughs> that was my response 
if you hear her, it's just I her mean, yelling at me. Which I, guess I don't is think what it would be cute with. until she's like two and she can say like a couple words. Yeah. You know? When I teach her, screw Rondo. Like, that's. I don't know if it'll be relevant by the time she's talking. Like, <laughs> no. Rondo's going to be gone. No, he won't. He'll He's, be head coach. Him and him and Contavious Caldwell Pope are still going to be making money on the Lakers. He'll be general manager, and Rob Polinka will be president of basketball operations. We're going to be all dead, and they're going to be like, I'm, I, I, I say that in jest, kind of, sort of. But like, we're the gonna... year is twenty forty seven, and the Lakers have just re-signed Contavious Caldwell Pope again. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this this chapter. Outside, I just wanted to let all of you know about that so that you could feel better that like Anthony gets yelled at just are you actually more than you get yelled at by him. Yeah. So like, between Jen and the baby pipes. Yeah. Um, so and although when Jen does it, you at least deserve it. So <laughs> um, all right. So this one, this chapter is called have a mentor, be a mentor. And I don't know if there is a singular chapter title that was more antithetical to Byron's coaching <laughs> career with the Lakers. They have to they have to earn the right to talk to me. Yes. And then he's like saying that you need to be a mentor and all the stuff that he learned. And so like the real lesson that I learned from this chapter really had nothing to do with mentoring. I learned <laughs> I learned the value of name dropping and I learned the value of networking and I learned the value of just claiming responsibility for things that probably you did not do. But if you just say, I helped with that, mm -hmm. then people can't really disprove it. You know, nobody's going to go out of their way to be like, oh, he didn't help with that. It's just like if you take sole credit. So Byron, I can't, at one point, I can't criticize there because that's like my entire career. I know. So you've actually read this chapter then. Um, <laughs> I live that chapter. At, at one point in this chapter, Byron talks about how he was getting his assistant coaching career started. And it was because Jerry West wanted to bring him into the front office with the Lakers. And he said, no, I want to coach. I want to be out there on the floor. So West recommended him to the Kings. And so the Kings brought him in for an interview. And they were talking with him over dinner and whatever. And they were talking about Vladi Divac and uh, who was the other center that they were debating signing? Um I lost my page here. Uh, it was Ike Austin. So Oof. whoever that is, I don't glad they, know. Glad they went with Divac. Yeah, well, so they went they went with Divac, and then he had talked about how he gave them the answer, like why he would sign Vlade, and they were concerned that he floats a little bit, and he's like, well, even if you get 74 games of good Vlade versus like 82 games of the other guy, Vlade is going to fit better. He's going to be better. And so then later on in the chapter. Uh, he's talking about his two seasons in Sacramento and uh, he just he mentioned he just here's how it goes in my two seasons with Sacramento the first one shortened due to a lockout we had some excellent teams the team signed Vlade as I'd suggested in my interview and also Peja Stoyakovic whom <laughs> I played against in Greece so he just like low-key just took credit for the entire for like half of the Kings best starting like line ever. ever yeah I mean, Vlade and Peja were not the two biggest players in that. It was like Bibby and Weber, I would argue, were ahead of them. Um, no, but I'd say, like, I'd say I'd say I'd probably order him Weber. Weber is definitely at the top. I'd say Weber, Peja, Vlade, Bibby. Oh, so. you'd put Peja above. Okay, I actually, I guess I'm a lot higher on Bibby than you are. But uh, I mean, they were successful with Jason Williams and Mike Bibby. So yeah, like, the point guard no, spot wasn't. True. I just meant in terms of the lineup on the floor. I actually yeah. value Bibby. But, like, anyway, he basically took credit for, like, two of their best four players ever. Just, like, offhandedly. He's just like, yeah, I played against them in Greece, and I suggested they sign Vlade. And so they did it. Um, <laughs> so you just got to keep – you just got to do stuff like that to be successful. Just, like, anytime, 
like any good idea happens or something yeah. just like like okay so take for example like your success with locked on lakers uh-huh. like if i was following the byron scott strategy of success i'd just be like well actually i suggested that anthony take that job and like look how well locked on lakers has done well i mean it's not quite the same because you were a big part of building up Locked On Lakers to what. Well, it is no, now. but it, it's also the same thing because I was there. Yeah. And then I just like <laughs> I just say that I I don't take credit for all of it. See, that would be unclassy. <laughs> yeah. I just say like, oh no, I suggested some of those things to Anthony. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing, uh, so he just talked about how like Jerry West, he said that he like he didn't care that he was getting a job at Sacramento that was like ultimately going to end up becoming one of their biggest rivals. And that neither of them knew it at the time. Um, and he just said that he looked at him as at his basketball dad and that he was just looking out for his basketball son um, and that he knew that that was all that mattered to him. And so he was going to make it happen. Jerry West was. And so I just learned that, like, if you just make really good friends with people in like a league circle, they will just like they'll just tell other teams to hire you, you know. Yeah, I mean, Roger like Rondo is on the Lakers right now. Forever. Yeah, there you go. So he read this chapter too. The Lakers um, are willing to look past like death threats to keep Demarcus Cousins allegedly. on the team. Alleged death threats. We have to say it. I'm sorry. It's sorry. like it's for uh-huh. legal right. reasons. I I do not want to get sued. Okay, you're uh, right. You're right. Alleged death threats to keep Demarcus Cousins on the team. Yes. And so, um, yeah, so that's what I learned from this chapter was basically just like take tangential credit for anything good that happened kind of near you. Yeah. And then uh, but just offhandedly, don't do it in a way that's like I did this. Do it in a way that's like, oh, yeah, I suggested it to him. The chapters are getting better. Yeah. Last week we found out about his arms crossing thing. And then this week we found out like you learned actual lessons. I mean, that's good news because there are so much of this book to go. There's like seven chapters left. We are we illiterate. That's what I'm starting to wonder (laughs) from doing this segment with you. Someday you're going to learn that I'm actually illiterate. It's taken like a year for us to read a book that we were doing for like we were saving it for the off season. And then we just didn't read it. Someday, this is like, like this is like our New Year's resolution. I need to end. I need to end this podcast before you figure out my secret. Yeah. So, all right, well, that'll do it. For, that'll do it for this episode or this week's episode of the Lake Show. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Thank you for roasting me on iTunes. That was great. I enjoy that a lot. Uh, only I, actually, I will only read them if you do it in five stars. Yes, if you, yeah. I actually really do enjoy it. I, it does yes. give me a chuckle. Like if you guys just want to roast Anthony or you guys just want to roast me, we'll read it. Yeah, you know? I just posted. I tweeted out a picture of Harrison with that ugly ass hat. So like you guys now, it's a fedora. <laughs> I'm fedoraed up with that stupid ass hat. I'm gonna wear it for the rest of my days. <laughs> Every time we put, I put it on. I put it on for radio appearances. Um, I haven't decided like if I ever get like a broadcast TV spot if I'm gonna wear it in there. <laughs> you haven't. The fact that you haven't made like you haven't decided not to. Can you imagine? Scary. Like let's do it. Like theoretically, you like, could make you know, that part I, of your brand. I, I was yeah. thinking the other day, like if I ever went on, I'm never going on Spectrum. They'll never have me, but. If I ever do, I'm going to wear like the loudest suit of all time. Yeah. Like just imagine if like the, like just imagine like, like let's say the the plane, the beat writers were all on, got caught, <laughs> caught in like a holding pattern or something. They and they needed just me to up do to us. a studio hit, you know, <laughs> there was like enough bad things happened that they had to pull us in. They would like, rather well, go out of just, business. Imagine if they called me in and I showed up the first day and I was wearing a fedora <laughs> and they're just like, oh God, like, what did we, why did we do this? They Can the never... janitor go on? Does he? He's probably more informed than us. Um, <laughs> have a great rest of your day, everybody. 
Tune in for a rest for all of the shows across this uh, feed. They're all really good. I and do think it's hilarious that they're like all the like all the complaints are just like trying to trade you for Pete. They're just like every other host on the thing is fine. Yeah, we just need to trade Anthony for Pete, and we got a contender here. What people need to realize is that that actually makes me more employable because I'm like people either love or hate me. So, hi guys. <laughs>